0: Broadcasting and streaming worldwide from the Golf Club Studios, it's the Golf Club Radio Show with Danielle Tucker.
1: Hi, Danielle. It's Ben Crenshaw. Hey, Ben. I think I have a friend of yours on the show today, Charlie Meacham, the author. His new book is Arnie and Jack, former commissioner lpga So many things he's done in his life. Amazing. Matt Adams is joining us as well. Host Fairways of Life with Matt Adams. He's also host on Golf Central on Golf Channel. Travis Jurger, PGA Director of Golf at Turtle Bay. David Havens, President of the Aloha Section PGA Founder Spare for Change. And he completed the 500 holes of golf, 100 holes Kukui Ula, 100 holes Turtle Bay, 100 holes over uh, Ualala, gorgeous golf course, all of these. And then coming back to Maui, 100 holes, uh, just amazing. He wrapped it up at Manele and had a wonderful time at all of the golf courses. Uh, Other PGA's were with him. Looking forward to hearing if you know he's in bed still uh, uh, in traction. <laughs> Jonathan Wall, equipment editor, Golf Magazine, will be with us too. It's going to be um, partly to mostly cloudy, scattered showers. The high today about oh 82 degrees. Trade winds are with us, 10 to 20 miles per hour. We're going to have a lot of rain overnight, mainly windward and Mauka, briefly passing showers leeward. The low 60 to 65. Trade winds down to 15 miles per hour. Got some tea times for you. You might be interested in the 832 Makale, maybe the 956 instead. Poipu has a 920 and a 1050. Turtle Bay has a 920 and a 10 o'clock. Raw Hawaiian Country Club, a 950 and a 930. Eva Beach has a 926. Bayview, a 918. Wailea, an 840 and a 940. We're going to come back after this, starting off the show with Matt Adams after this. My name is Danielle Tucker. This is The Golf Club.
2: Streaming worldwide from sunny Hawaii, it's Danielle Tucker's The Golf Club radio show, brought to you by these fine sponsors. MD Restoration. Water, flood water, broken pipe cleanup. Call 24 7. Licensed contractors, too. Rainor Garage Doors. Steel, aluminum, and wood. Ready to hang or custom made. Sales and service. That's Rainor Doors. Aloha Power Equipment's new mega store is now open across from Costco EVLA. We put power at your fingertips. Aloha Power Equipment's Waipahu store and now in EVLA. And now, here's Danielle Tucker.
1: Yes, Matt Adams, host of Fairways of Life. That's a free app, by the way. Uh, You can hear him every day. Fairways of Life on both iOS and Android. NBC and Golf Channel host and reporter Morning Drive. And excuse me, it's no longer Morning Drive. He's on Golf Central. And um, just bring him into the clubhouse. Danielle, welcome in, Matt Adams. Hey, Danielle, how are you? I'm good. It's a beautiful day in Hawaii. How are you?
3: I'm doing very well. You actually got me, believe it or not, driving home to Orlando from Augusta, Georgia. I've been up there doing some feature work for the last couple of days, so I just pulled over at one of those (laughs) truck stops, you know, that has, like, you know, fast food or what have you. Yes. So that's where we're hanging.
1: (laughs) You were at Augusta? Oh, Fantastic. Um, I'd love to start off with a little bit about, uh, you know, match play that's being played on the PGA Tour, the only match play sure. event. Um, John Rom versus Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson versus Richard Bland, uh, Kevin Kisner versus Adam Scott, uh, Colin Morikawa versus Abraham Anser, just to start off a few. Now, when I left the house, uh, Rom and Kepka hadn't finished yet. So you know, to me, just the idea of Brooks Kepka going up against the number one, John Rom, I was thinking, I wonder if putting is going to be a problem for Rom. And I, I know he's tired of hearing about his putting. And he says, for somebody who's so accurate as I am, of course, putting's going <laughs> to. <laughs> uh, so, what were your thoughts on that matchup?
3: Uh, it, it's interesting because as we're speaking right now, that match is tied through 17 holes as I check it as we're discussing it. Uh, I, I love to see matches like that for two reasons. One is John Rahm is the number one ranked player in the world, and it's a, it, I think it's great for any of us whenever we get to watch number one ranked players, particularly because John Rahm is unique in who he is and what he does and how he does it. That swing is unlike any other, and he said he can't get farther back than what he does. And he, although he's developed great power because of a clubbed foot. On the other side, you have Brooks Kepka. And it's good to see Brooks Kepka playing well outside of a major championship, isn't it? And yes. What it, what it could potentially foretell for the latter. So I've I, I been very compelled by that match. And the fact that they are tied through that many holes in and of itself. A lot. Now, you also mentioned a couple of others that since you did, I'm gonna I'll give you some updates on where we stand. Absolutely. Uh, Abraham answer defeated Colin Morikawa seven and six. This says that is a massive beating down. Uh, the thing that I've seen with Colin Morikawa, watched him on the Monday of the players, uh, hosted the uh, live coverage for PGA Tour Live, which is on ESPN Plus for the Valspar, Bar. So we did a lot of coverage of Colin. He just seems tired to me. He seems like he needs a break.
4: To get his energy
3: back, uh, Corey Connors down Takumi uh, Kanaya five in three. Uh, Scotty Scheffler won one up over Billy Horschel, defending champion Billy Horschel. Seamus Power was a four and three winner over Terrell Hatton. Uh, Kevin Kisser and Adam Scott are tied through seventeen. Will Zalatoris and Kevin Na are tied through sixteen. There's your full update.
1: Right on. I, and Dustin Johnson, Richard Bland—that was a pretty close one for a while.
3: Uh, yeah, uh, Dustin Johnson won three and two over Richard Brand Bland when it was all said and done. And he, as you noted, is an amazing story because Bland at 49 years old is all of a sudden from a golfing set living his best life.
1: Yes, yes. And he was given an invite. I heard this on Golf Central. He was given an invite to next week's tournament, even though he had a commitment with his spouse for I think it was an anniversary event and he said, you know, gotta play. <laughs> I could be going that's to the awesome.
3: Masters. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That is that is absolutely tremendous and it's and it's fun and yeah, I'm I'm kinda of glad you bring that up. As 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 you know, being up there for the last few days, I am I feel totally immersed right now in in the excitement and the enthusiasm surrounding the, the, the first major of the calendar year because uh, just being just being in Augusta is cool, and and what we concentrated on, there's two features that I'm working on. One of them is on Ray's Creek. We hear about it constantly. It's a constant theme of the event, but I wanted to know more. What is Ray's Creek? Where does it come from? Where does it go? What's its history? What's its significance? So that was the first feature we we're working on, uh, and I actually, I was doing features while we're there. The other one was that very few people realize that Augusta played an absolutely critical role for the Confederacy in the Civil War because it was the site of what was called the Confederate Powder Works. And it's where all the gunpowder came from, as well as a lot of cannonballs and bullets and uniforms and things like that. But if they didn't have this plant, which was incredibly designed and engineered, if they didn't have it, the Confederacy would have lasted maybe weeks wow. uh, in, the, in the Civil War. It, and, it, and to go there and see that and hear the history and learn about it, it was just another thing that—I love history, so it was just mind-blowing.
1: <laughs> yes. And then to be immersed in it when you're in the locale, it's one thing to read about it in a book, but another thing to be right in the— middle uh, do they have something where you can feel like you can see uh, things that are yeah, yeah collections? Yeah, yeah. But-
3: well, they, they saved the original chimney and it's still there. And what I was able to do was uh, we we reached out to the the guy who's the CEO of the Canal Authority that has control over the buildings and the property, as well as the 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 um, the, the canal area and the Race Creek. They they actually run on aqueducts above one another back in the day. So anyway, he was with me all day and he was driving around us in the truck and explaining everything to us, And we did a bunch of interviews with him and it just, it's really cool. I, I I love, I love doing the kind of cultural stuff about the host sites of majors because the golf course itself and the players and all those storylines, I feel like are just so well covered that sometimes there's really neat things outside of it. In fact, I found out while I was there that there was a guy that ended up dying in the Titanic, but he, but he, he died heroically uh, because he was the one that that was screaming and, and demanding that women and children be taken into the lifeboats first. Wow. Uh, ultimately, he succumbed to the, to the sinking of the ship too. But he's from Augusta, and there's there's a bridge that was built to his honor. That about 20 years ago or so, uh, the the government wanted to take down so they could expand a road, and the people of Augusta rose up and and caused such a clamor that that the government backed down on it. So I'm going to do that story next year because I just found out about it.
1: Wow. Are we going to, are we going to do, hear this on um, Golf Channel uh, in addition to Fairways of Life?
3: Definitely 100% on Fairways of Life because we're doing television as well as streaming uh, digital radio now. Oh. We have a national broadcast show that, that airs on uh, regional sports channels. I'm not sure who covers Hawaii. Are you with Bally Sports over there or Spectrum? or Spectrum? NBC Sports. Okay, so it, it airs on Spectrum out of L.A., which I don't know if that covers you or not, but um, anyway, that's that's the show that airs ar- around the, the country, around the world, on the broadcast side, every Saturday and Sunday, and, and those features we'll use in that. Wow. For sure.
1: So is it Fairways of Life on television as well? Yes. Okay, so yes. I, we yes. need to look that up and find out if we can actually see it and bring that up next week. So uh, I'm going to kind of go a little bit backwards. I was going to ask you about the distance report um, and, uh, yeah. you, you know, the, and all that. But let's go straight into um, Augusta National. Um, when Jack Nicholas, I think it was last year, mm-hmm. said Bryson DeChambeau could drive the green on number one at Augusta National, which is uphill, 455 yards, par four, first hole, um, do we have a problem if he can do that?
3: Well, obviously, Jack Dixis was exaggerating because he was he was trying to talk about how powerful and athletic uh, the the players are today, and how great the equipment is, and the combination of that, and the combination of the training. Remember, they're working on spin rates, so they're getting maximum efficiency, etc. Um, it was they were all those were all tools that, other than the athleticism. Jack Nicholas didn't have back in his day, so he was exaggerating on what they could do. To the broader question that you asked, the, the steadily increasing distances at the game's top tier—that is a problem, uh, and that's why you know I'm, I'm an equipment guy, and I, I support the USGA and the R&A's efforts to put together some uh, speed bumps in terms of the the gaining of distance from the best players in the world. I think it is necessary to do because they're looking out 50 years, 100 years from now, and at the rate that we're going, it's just too much. However, where it isn't too much is on the amateur side of the game, and, and there are indications from the RNA and the USGA, though not explicit, there are indications that they're not, they not quite of the same mindset as I'm expressing to you right now. There is a distance problem in the amateur side of the game, and the problem is is that amateurs hit the ball too short. The average driving distance, according to that distance report, is 216 yards, but that's based on a very, very small sample survey. Much larger sample surveys show that the average male driving distance is 209 yards. For women, it's 156 yards. And the higher you go in age and the higher you go in handicap, both of those drop very, very quickly, uh, below what I think is an even acceptable level. So I think the balance that they have to find is is to allow equipment companies to continue to innovate to make the game easier to play, not harder at the time that it's expanding faster than it ever has in, in its existence, uh, so that people enjoy the game and don't feel frustrated and, and leave the sport, which is one of the main uh, reasons that we find in surveys that people walk away because of frustration. So it's a complicated matter as a result because equipment companies want to be able to say, hey, uh, check out whoever you said, Brooks Kepp, or what have you, you could play the same equipment that they play and you can get the performance that they can get. Well, the reality is you can't unless you can generate the same ball speed, the same club ed speed, the same dynamics, the same athleticism. It's not just about the equipment, but, the, the average amateur still needs help from the equipment. So I, I hope that's not too complicated, but that's reality.
1: No, it's not complicated at all. It, it goes straight to the point. So, uh, you know, and they did say the, uh, limiting or rolling back the driving distance of the elite male player while not trying to hurt the average golfer's enjoyment of the game. So it's almost like they were saying, okay, we've got this side for them and this side for the. Why not just say bifurcation?
3: They, they are vehemently opposed to it. In fact, in that document, uh, it, it stipulated specifically that they have no intention to have two sets of rules. However, they're going to use what they call a local rule. Well, a local rule is a way to bifurcate without having to use the language that they find offensive. <laughs> so if they use a local rule, and that local rule is for elite competitions, be them the top-tier amateurs or... The best golfers in the world on the professional ranks then they can curtail the equipment without having to stipulate specifically here's a set of rules for amateurs here's a set of rules for pros even though that's exactly what it is
1: <laughs> oh that's so silly <laughs> um especially since you know you think of a local rule as being a local to that golf course not to a specific group of people and so yep. you know that's so uh, okay. Um, reducing the maximum club length to forty six inches—that's done, isn't it? Is and that's a local yeah. rule.
3: Yes. Yeah. That's that's finished. And and to be honest with you, that that's having very very little impact. That was that was that's the kind of forward thinking rules making they should do because. That was something that impacted. It was definitely under two percent. I believe that officially it was under one percent of all golfers that were actually playing a club that was more than forty-six inches. Because if you go longer, it is possible to get more distance. But if you go longer, especially for amateur golfers, which I realize is the majority of your audience, uh, the longer you go with with a shaft that doesn't approximately get stiffer then you also are more wayward in terms of where the ball is going. And the stiffer you make the shaft, the shorter it's going to go. So most people were playing the standard length of 46 inches and just getting dialed into the proper uh, shaft length to them, and, and, and that was working. So that was that's a change that's good right now.
1: Excellent, excellent. All right, let's uh, just on the Masters, a couple of names to drop here. Uh, Rory McIlroy. You know, I can't figure out where his game's at, and he's going back to Augusta National, hoping to win the final major that he hasn't won yet. What's what's up with Rory? Yeah, I
3: mean, the, the thing with Rory McIlroy that's interesting is there's, there's obviously two areas of particular concern in his in his game week in and week out, and and what we've seen recently is a trend where Rory tends tends to start slow and finish strong. That's why. If you look at his performance this year, you, you, you cannot criticize it. You're like, wow, he has more top tens than he has anything else. It's great, right? Yeah, but he, he's not putting himself in a position to win. He's coming back with an incredible 65, 62 rounds on the weekend that vaulted him into the top ten, but he can't get close enough to the top of the leaderboard. And then the, the weird shot at Dubai where he hit it into the water when he had a chance with an eagle to win. So. But the two areas that are the most concerning to me for Rory McIlroy, obviously the putter, everybody knows that. Some days it's on, some days it's off. When it's on, he plays pretty well and scores very well. Um, when it's off, it's abysmal. The other one, though, that's even more concerning is that Rory tends to have trouble with his high lofted clubs. And we're talking inside of 100 yards when he has when he has a wedge in hand. And he just tends to juice it. And I, I think it, just keep an eye on it in a couple of weeks because – it really seems to show up for whatever reason at Augusta National, <laughs> uh, and and I'm talking about the control with the wedge because the necessity to hit them with such exacting, uh, to be so exacting for the different quadrants of the green in order to to attack the pin. So that those are the two areas with with Rory that are that are most concerning. Although his his driver has been getting wayward too, and so, sometimes uh, particularly when it when he when he hooks it, uh, that that's his big miss, and so. Yeah, it's, it's complicated with Rory, too.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, definitely. It's like you want it so much, you know, and, and the, all of a sudden things go south. Now, um, Tiger Woods, OK, one of the questions yep. on social media is, you know, is Tiger going to play at Augusta National? And I'm like, huh? But I'm a par three with Charlie.
3: Oh, I saw your I saw your response to someone that asked that question on social media. <laughs> the, the the thing is with Tiger or A's and, and and Tiger's classic because he lo- loves to control the message and control the media. And in this case, he has not definitively said that he's not playing. Mm. I would love to believe that that's, that that he's waiting to the last second and that he hopes that he actually can play. At Augusta National, I truly, truly hope that's what's going on, and I, I would love it for for Tiger Woods to show up and do the best that he can, and whatever that is, is what it is. Uh, given given the you know the elevation changes and the grade and how hard it would be as a walk for someone with a with a bum right leg at the time. Yeah, uh, but my instinct tells me that's too much to ask for. But I'm still hopeful, like everybody
1: else. Yeah, there you go. You know that's exactly where my mind went. Really, you guys want to go uphill on his leg? I don't think you realize the incline is incredible. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for stopping on the side of the road. Uh, love <laughs> you. Thanks so much, Matt Adams. Very wonderful talking with you.
3: Okay, we'll talk do it again soon. Bye.
1: Bye. Matt Adams is host of Fairways of Life, and you can find him on Android and iOS, Excellent work always, and he's also on Golf Central, on Golf Channel, and I've got to find out how we can find him on TV, his own TV show. We're going to come back right after this. Travis Jurger, six-time consecutive years winning the PGA President's Council on Growing the Game Award, Director of Golf at Turtle Bay. My name is Danielle Tucker. This is The Golf Club.
0: Stay tuned. We'll be hitting the greens with Danielle Tucker when we return to the golf club.
2: Aloha Power Equipment has moved from Sand Island to Evie Lay. Their new superstore is open at 500 Alakava. Located across from Home Depot's Evie Lay parking structure. Honda, Maruyama, Shindaiwa, Echo, Milwaukee, Steel, riding mowers, robotic mowers, chainsaws, weed whackers, generators, blowers, they've got it all. Aloha. Waipahu and now Evie Power equipment. We put power at your
4: fingertips. Aloha Power Equipment. I'm Colin Moriqiao, 2020 PGA Champion. In every golf journey, some goals can feel like an uphill climb, even intimidating, especially if you're on your own. But in the game of golf, helping hands are all around us. Whether you dream of a championship or you're just trying to make golf your thing, PGA coaches have industry-leading knowledge, guidance, and support to help you take the next step. Just like my PGA coach, Rick Sessinghouse, has always done for me. Wherever your golf journey is headed, a PGA coach can get you there. Find your PGA coach at pga.com coach.
2: What does your company sell? Do you provide a service, fill a need, sell insurance or real estate for that must-have new car? Become a sponsor of Danielle Tucker's The Golf Club radio show. We reach a pure target audience of business owners. Let us help you. We have affordable rates and it's easy to do. Just email rick at radiogolfclub.com or call Rick at 808-220-1000. Reach the people like you who are too busy running their business. That's Rick at RadioGolfClub.com or call 808-220-1000. Wow, what a beautiful day. Let's go back
0: in the clubhouse and listen to Danielle Tucker. Hi.
1: It's another beautiful day in Hawaii, and David Havens, PGA President, Aloha Section PGA, Aloha Section PGA, PJ of the Year, founder, Spare for Change, Havens Experience at Maui Nui, and let's bring him straight into the golf. I don't think he's got much time. He's probably going to fall down again. Hi, David.
5: Danielle, good morning. <laughs> good How are you?
1: Morning. I'm fine. You know, I was wondering if you're in, you know, traction or something. Five hundred holes of golf. Manele Bay, King Kamehameha, Hualalai, Turtle Bay, Kukui Ulo. That's amazing.
5: You know, it was so much fun.
1: <laughs> it was
5: it was, it was a bit of, it was a bit of a beating. But I would <clears throat> I would definitely do it again.
1: You, 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 Just as you finished yesterday, you say you are do it again. Did anyone play with you? So I had, at each of the courses,
5: I had people that would come out and join me. Um, for example, Todd Michelson, Steve Murphy, those guys joined in with me over on Kauai. Um, Brendan Moynihan played all 100 holes with me. Uh, so did Travis Sturger <laughs> at Turtle Bay. So... <laughs> Those guys are maniacs as well. So, and I have to tell you, Brendan Moynihan, he got better as the day went on. So he's done it a bunch in his time. He's quite the professional.
1: Well, I guess. So on Wednesday, um, I heard from you that you had 59 birdies and six eagles. That included the 21 birdies, two eagles at Turtle Bay. Did you figure out what your final birdie eagle count was?
5: Yeah, I, I came short of my hundred birdies. Oh. I got ninety four birdies and nine eagles. Oh that for is total. Fantastic. So, so I had a bet with someone for a hundred birdies and came up six short. So but it's funny when you're out there and you're you're grinding it out, sometimes your hands don't they don't listen to your brain. It was the, one of the most incredible feelings being out there at times where I had no idea what I was doing. It was so hard to function because you're just doing something over and over and over again and could have been dehydration. Uh, I couldn't drink enough Gatorade and water to get me around. I bet. Of snacks. I did have Snickers bars <laughs> a couple different times, Danielle, even though against your better wishes.
1: Well, it's well, something about the sugar thing, you know I mean the peanuts are great, but the sugar and then you crash, you know that's the hard part.
5: Well, I think the crash was inevitable. If I was eating granola and <laughs> uh, nuts and twigs, it would still been there's still a crash point during the day. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to see some of the, our, our best courses and, and see some of our best golf professionals in the state. And it makes me really proud, and I'm honored to serve this section. It was, it, it was a lot of fun. We raised some money, and we're going to keep going. This is just the start. This is year one. Um, I'm going to modify it next year, see if I can get a few more people to join me. Oh, good. So I've got to get in better shape to do 500 holes. That's for certain.
1: <laughs> well, you know, um, what time did you finish up yesterday?
5: So yesterday, I finished up uh, at 2 o'clock. I was up early bells yesterday on Lanai. Scott Ashworth, he was kind enough to host me the night before. We we cooked at his house, his lovely wife. you know, She uh, put out a nice spread for us to have dinner, and I got a good night's sleep. And the ball was in the air at Just after 6 yesterday morning, I sent you pictures of the sunrise from Lanai. It was just incredible.
1: Yeah, I shared that. I I still have to share the most recent pictures of you finishing up. Really good shots.
5: Yeah, it it was a lot of fun. And I wish I could have filmed more and done more. But when you're racing to get all the holes in, and then you've got to plan on your travel, the logistics were pretty tough getting from place to place and making sure you catch your flights and your trains and your, your shuttles and your Ubers. And so it was quite, it was quite the race around Hawaii, but I've never done anything like that in my life. And I was really pleased to have done it. And I'm thankful to my wife. She, she supports me in all the endeavors I take on. And it, it takes a big team to pull something like this off.
1: Absolutely, so it
5: worked. It worked out great, and I, I I appreciate your support on this too.
1: Oh, now the um the reason why David Haven's PGA president of the Aloha Section PGA was out there. By I I just asked one more question before I, I explained the purpose of all of this. Um, how long did it take you to play a hundred holes, starting at six?
5: It it takes seven to eight hours. Um, I mean, it's as hard as you can go. I, there was, there weren't many stops along the way. You're, um, what was fun for me, a couple of the places had the little snack station out on the course where you could stop and get more waters and Gatorade and fruit and the Snickers bar. And then, then at the end, I made sure that there was a, a cold beer as a refreshment for the finish. And then, we're off to the next destination. So, and you know, some of the some of the courses play faster than others. Um, Travis and I we raced around Turtle Bay because we played half the holes on Palmer, which is one of my favorite courses in the state, and 50 holes on Fazio, which isn't currently open to the public. So we could just we were flying. <laughs> so it was so much fun. Travis is Travis is a lot of good humor.
1: Travis so, is going to be on right after you.
5: <laughs> whatever he tells you is a lie. About yeah, right, me.
1: right, 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 right. Sure. Uh huh. Uh huh.
5: <laughs> <laughs> now we had a great time, and he is uh he's a true golf professional and one of the best we've got in this state, and I'm very thankful for him.
1: Right on. Okay, so uh, the reason David Haven's PGA is out there playing. A hundred holes a day, seven to eight hours, give or take, on each island, flying, driving, playing, flying, driving, playing. You know, after a while, I wonder what I was doing, period. Why am I in this airplane? Um, Is to raise money for the PGA Foundation. The Aloha Section PGA Foundation's mission is to provide all those who might benefit, especially youth with opportunities to acquire sustainable life skills and values obtained through the game of golf. So, that's what the money is being raised for, and do you have a total yet?
5: Um, I I don't have a total because people are still donating money. And now they're just doing a flat fee. I I think most people thought that I wasn't serious, that I wasn't going to do it. (laughs) How silly. um, But It was, you know. They obviously don't know me very well. Right. So the the total is getting bigger and bigger. Um, you know, I was hoping it would be a monstrous fundraiser, but it's raised enough money to where I can I know that I can do my teaching coaching summit not mine, our low section TGA summit in October over at Hawaii Excellent. And <laughs> because we need teachers and teachers are the ones that help make this game grow. And I want our teachers to be taught by the best. And I also want our teachers to share what they know at this teaching coaching summit as well, because, you know, we're a small state, but we're a mighty one. And I think we've got some of the best golf professionals in the country. And I might be biased, but I'm around them a lot. And I'm also around a lot of other PGA professionals in other states. And I know that we can hang with any of them. We've we've got good skills here, in the 808.
1: Awesome, David Haven's PGA president, Aloha Section PGA. I'm so uh, proud of you. I knew you would do it. There was no question in my mind. I just didn't know how you'd survive. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, a little a little beat up, a little ginger <laughs> this morning, but you know I feel pretty good. I'm. Uh, I'm pleased I did it and I'm thankful for all the support and um, the money's raised. Um, Hopefully the, the final total will be uh, given out to Wes at the classic scramble.
1: Excellent.
5: And no one will, no one will know the exact amount until I turn that check around and show everybody (laughs) uh, after we play that day. So I look forward to that. Uh, It'll be, it was definitely worth my time.
1: Excellent. So,
5: thank you yeah it was great
1: awesome thank you thank you for you know being up i probably would still be out cold <laughs> <laughs> aloha and thank well, you david
5: Danielle, thank you for everything you do for golf in this state awesome we appreciate
1: you yeah thank you aloha aloha got right as i said um yes the man who uh helped speed david around turtle bay is with us next my name is danielle tucker this is the golf club
0: stay tuned we'll be hitting the greens with danielle tucker when we return to the golf club Poipu Bay on Kauai, South Shore. Share our home where the Grand Slam lives. Need a gift for that special someone? Tired of giving fruit baskets you know are getting recycled? Give a Poipu Bay Golf Gift Certificate. Whether it's a birthday, business, or anniversary, here's the one gift that is always the right size and the perfect date. Just give us a call and it will be waiting for you to pick up or mail to your office. There may even be time to sneak in a nine. Call us for the perfect gift where great golf is played every day at Poipu Bay on the Garden Isle.
2: Aloha Power Equipment has moved from Sand Island to Evilei. Their new superstore is open at 500 Alakava, located across from Home Depot's Evilei parking structure. Honda, Maruyama, Shindaiwa, Echo, Milwaukee, Steel, Riding Mowers, Robotic Mowers, Chainsaws, Weed Whackers, Generators, Blowers, they've got it all. Aloha. Waipahu and now Evilei. Power Equipment. We put power at your fingertips. Aloha Power Equipment.
0: Got a disaster in your business high-rise or home? Call MD Restoration, 24-7 Emergency and Disaster Restoration Service. We are totally, totally COVID compliant. Compliant. Floods, dirty dirty water cleanup, cleanup, fire damage repair, mold remediation, smoke damage, asbestos abatement, carpet and upholstery cleaning. Call 528-3434. We're also a licensed general contractor. Insurance company experts need help now? MD Restoration takes the stress out of your disaster. Get MD cleaned now. Call 528-3434. Ah, here's the local rule sign. Keep it in the fairway. It speeds up play. Now, back to Danielle Tucker.
1: Travis Derger, six-time consecutive year winner of the PGA President's Council on Growing the Game Award. He's the director of golf at Turtle Bay Arnold Palmer and George Fazio courses and the breaks, putting course. Welcome into the clubhouse, Travis.
6: Thank you, Danielle. Uh, Good morning.
1: Good morning. How did you survive your 100 holes on Tuesday?
6: I'm still surviving. I'm still (laughs) surviving. You can hear my voice. I was uh, yelling at David and laughing so hard. (laughs) I lost my voice, unfortunately. But... I'm, I'm getting back there.
1: Now tell me something. What were you yelling at him about?
6: Uh, mostly I was cheering him on, <laughs> I, I'd say. He was trying to make 100 birdies to um, generate some more revenue and uh, <laughs> donations for the cause. So I was maybe yelling at his ball a lot.
1: Yes, yeah. yes. I think that's what it is. Yes, yes. In the hole. No.
5: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> he made 94. Uh, you know,
6: if anyone could have done it, it was him. But yeah, he was just short. I think he should have been able to count his eagles. Yes, but if he had, if he had counted his eagles, he would have made it.
1: Yes, easily, and then some. Ah, Definitely, we're gonna have to talk to him about wagering.
6: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Next, next time,
6: you will be a little wiser for
1: sure. <laughs> so you played on the Arnold Palmer Course. Um, yep. Fifty holes, and then on the George Fazio course, fifty holes. And of course, he mentioned that the Fazio course is closed. Uh, can you divulge the plans that you may have for the Fazio course?
6: Yeah, for the most part, um, you know, I get that. I get that question every day. Actually, you know, everybody's excited um, to have the Fazio course reopen at some point, and uh, the plan is to reopen Fazio and. You know, we've got a great um, an ownership at Turtle Bay and leadership, and everyone wants to see the course reopened. And it's, it's about timing but also uh, improvements. So uh, our ownership and our team, we want to redo some of Fazio and improve Fazio before reopening, but also redo um, some of Palmer and do some improvements there as well. So we're hoping by the end of, of this year, 2022, that we'll be able to reopen Fazio. Um, but it's kind of like a domino effect. If we are able to do some things on Palmer, um, it'd be one of those scenarios where we open up Fazio so we can close down Palmer for a little bit so we can do some of those improvements. So, yeah. um, yeah, we're, we're waiting for some pieces to fall in place, but, uh, but yeah, it will reopen and we're excited to be able to share that news. Um, cause so many people have played there for many years and some people say, Yeah, I love Fazio more than Palmer, and, you know, to each his own. I I think Palmer is the best golf course, but people have a lot of history, and they had a lot of good memories um, playing Fazio, so it's good to know that it will reopen uh, in the future, hopefully within the year.
1: Within the year, possibly, yes, depending on how all things uh, shake out. Now, I think the last time a major job was done on the Palmer course was right before the PGA Tour Champions started playing at Turtle Bay and Correct. uh PGA Tour yeah. came in and did uh you know they a site inspection and said this needs you know the, what they expect a course to be like and boy it was it was tip top. Has anything been done much uh since then
6: you know we we've done a few things here and there but nothing major. Um we've redone some bunkers, liners, drainage, stuff like that, but we're actually due to, um, address those again. So, um, you, you're correct in that when the champions tour came out, that was a big catalyst to get things going. And that's when we, uh, put in past column greens. So, um, that was a blessing to have them come out and, and, uh, encourage some upgrades. But, uh, but yeah, we've, we've, We've done a great job. Um, I wouldn't take any credit at all, but our staff, our uh, head superintendent, Mike Hanma he's been uh, at, at Turtle Bay for over 30 years, and he and his crew have done so much with very little, and uh, we're fortunate that now we're going to be able to do some really big things with, uh, with the Palmer course as well as the Fazio. That's and awesome. And give it the attention and the love that it deserves and, and get it get it uh improved so those that go out and play and love the course and say oh i love that golf course and you know it was was great out there and you know i just look at them and go "Eh, just you wait it's going to be that much better (laughs) so we're excited for that too
1: that's great just you wait i got plans.
6: (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and my people
1: are behind me that's awesome that's really awesome to see um is it true still of course right
6: uh, did you say Troon? Yes. Who was in charge? So, so Troon, Troon, was, Troon was involved um, with Turtle Bay from a marketing standpoint, and they helped with some consulting. Uh, but that relationship actually ended a couple of years ago. Oh. Um, about two, maybe, actually, maybe about two and a half years ago. Right before
1: the so, pandemic started. Got it.
6: Yeah, Exactly yeah time flies by you know last couple years especially but yeah it's been been about two and a half years but you know they were great great partners and um they helped out a lot and good people over there but uh but yeah we uh we no longer have the affiliation but but they're still good friends
1: of course now um let's talk a little bit about the breaks putting course which was put together yeah. um, by you guys, right? I mean, your, your superintendent's crew, as well as you professionals, designed it.
6: Yeah, correct. Yeah, we, uh, we had this idea to turn that space, uh, which used to be the old Fazio driving range, into an 18-hole putting course. And, of course, uh, when, I, when I was looking at it, I go, oh, maybe we could do 36 holes. <laughs> and they all looked at me like I was crazy. And although it is 18 holes, we actually could uh, utilize um, some more of the space on the greens that we have to make 36, but um, a lot of feedback and, and uh, ideas were thrown in there from our superintendent his team and our professional staff. And um, it's, it's been a great project that has turned out to be, you know, exciting thing for, for guests and locals. And, um, you know, it's, one of those things that we're going to be doing a, a Glow Golf, a couple Glow Golf events on it here coming up pretty soon. So that'll be fun as well.
1: Oh, good. Fantastic. Those things are fun. Glow Golf. Oh,
6: it's exciting. Yes. It, it, it seems like a lot of work at first, but then you get out there and you're like, oh, this is pretty simple. How come we haven't done this all along and, and people <laughs> love it? So we're excited to get out there.
1: Now, the Turtle Bay Amateur Championship, uh, one of the most highly anticipated had to be canceled in 2020 and 2021. Duh, right? Um, Yeah,
6: unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Any plans this year or where are you you at?
6: So, yeah, great question. So uh, it all is leaning on whether or not we have two courses running. And so uh, this year, because we don't anticipate Fazio opening in time, uh, we, had to, we had to cancel it for 2022. So Hawaii State Golf Association, they're awesome. Uh, Paul Ogawa and his team, um, they had it on the calendar, and we had it on our calendar. And then, um, unfortunately, we, we had to take it off due to Fazio not being open in time. So um, we're, we're targeting 2023. I think that's very realistic. And a lot of our um, amateur golfers in the state, they, they love having events in general. Um, but especially at Turtle Bay because, you know, we had had the event there for so many years. Yes. Um, but, yeah, targeting 2023 now.
1: Excellent. Well, it's it's like uh, David Haven said. He said uh, Turtle Bay is, in his estimation, the best course in the state. How do you like them apples?
6: That's pretty- I, I love that. <laughs> you know, and, and I know that's true because he told me that multiple times while we were playing. And, uh, yeah, he, he, he told me an event. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a funnier story, but basically he was telling me that when we had the state open in 2009, he he was the first round leader. I think he said he was the first round leader and uh, he beat the likes, mind you, in the first round only. Tony um, <laughs> Finau and players like that that were playing that year. Yes. And uh, I don't know if he shot 66 or he missed two putts for 66, but either way he was the first round leader and uh he hadn't played palmer since 2009 and when he and i got out there uh this past tuesday morning uh we played about we played as fast as i'd ever played uh that guy talks as fast as he plays i think but um yeah we we blazed around the course and he's like oh i remember this like it was yesterday and um he he played it like he was shooting 66 but um, but yeah, he, he loves the course. He told me multiple times and that's, you know, that's why I'm so excited to be able to, you know, give that course some upgrades and be able to, you know, up, update it in some respects and, and really uh, give, it, give it some money, well-deserved money.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Travis Jurger. thank you so much for being on the show. Director of Golf at Turtle Bay. We need to do this more often, okay?
6: I agree. Okay. Thanks, Danielle. Cool. It's been a while. And uh, yes. thanks again for everything you do for the game of golf in Hawaii. Oh, you're, you're Thank great. you.
1: Thank awesome. you very, very much. And we'll talk soon. Aloha. Jonathan Wall is managing editor for Equipment, Golf Magazine, and Golf.com. He's next. My name is Danielle Tucker. This is the Golf Club.
0: Stay tuned. We'll be hitting the greens with Danielle Tucker when we return to the golf club.
2: Aloha Power Equipment has moved from Sand Island to Evile. Their new superstore is open at 500 Alakava, located across from Home Depot's Evilay parking structure. Honda, Maruyama, Shindaiwa, Echo, Milwaukee, Steel, Riding Mowers, Robotic Mowers, Chainsaws, Weed Whackers, Generators, Blowers—they've got it all. Aloha. Waipahu and now Equipment. We put power at your fingertips. Aloha Power Equipment.
0: Poipu Bay on Kauai, South Shore. Share our home where the Grand Slam lives. Need a gift for that special someone? Tired of giving fruit baskets you know are getting recycled? Give a Poipu Bay Golf Gift Certificate. Whether it's a birthday, business, or anniversary, here's the one gift that is always the right size and the perfect date. Just give us a call and it will be waiting for you to pick up or mailed to your office. There may even be time to sneak in a nine. Call us for the perfect gift where great golf is played every day at Poipu Bay on the Garden Isle.
4: I'm Colin Morikow, 2020 PGA champion. In every golf journey, some goals can feel like an uphill climb, even intimidating, especially if you're on your own. But in the game of golf, helping hands are all around us. Whether you dream of a championship or you're just trying to make golf your thing, PGA coaches have industry-leading knowledge, guidance, and support to help you take the next step. Just like my PGA coach, Rick Sessinghouse, has always done for me. Wherever your golf journey is headed, a PGA coach can get you there. Find your PGA coach at pga.com coach
0: gotten my new book three tips to play better golf practice 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 now back to danielle tucker
1: jonathan wall managing editor equipment for golf magazine and golf.com and before that he was pga tour equipment editor welcome into the clubhouse jonathan
7: hey danielle great to talk to you again
1: it's good to talk to you again it's been so long okay uh, I, I've got to start with the quote of the week, uh, at least so far, Kevin Kisner on beating Justin Thomas. He's got plenty of money in the bank and I'm not too concerned with his well-being.
7: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a good one. You know, I mean, I, I've, I've spent a lot of time around kids out on tour and I mean, that, that's just who he is. I, I don't think that he's ever faced a player in his entire life that's, that's, that's made him scared or that he's ever felt like he couldn't beat. I mean, it's just that match play for him is perfect. It's, it gives him an opportunity to play with a chip on his shoulder. And, I mean, that's why he's had so much success at the match play is, is just because he, he kind of feels like he's always the underdog and he uses that to his advantage.
1: <laughs> He's gonna prove otherwise.
7: That's <laughs> right.
1: Oh, uh, we've got one. I mean, for, I'm watching only online the score. Will Zalatoris and Kevin Na are tied through 20. Wow.
7: Yeah, I mean, this is this is this is, this is the beauty of match play. Is is you're you're going to end up with at least a couple of these matches that are going to go extra holes and. And, uh, you know, Will Zalatoris, I think a lot of people when him coming out of college from Wake Forest, even, I mean, he's, I'm, I'm from the Dallas-Fort Worth area and he's a local guy here. And, and there was a lot of talk when he was in high school and even in junior golf that, that he was destined for, for great things. And it's kind of fun to see a local guy do well. But I mean, it's, it's like Will Zalatoris game is, is unbelievable. If, and if and when he, he gets the putter going, that seems to be his only issue that he's had is it's just, doesn't really quite heat up for him when he needs it, but it seems like this week the putter's been rolling for him and, uh, you know, good timing because there's a, there's a pretty big tournament, Danielle, that's a couple weeks out.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just a little thing called the Masters. Um, you know, right. Well, what I was thinking when I saw Kevin Na, you know, Kevin Na has a little bit more experience and Will Zalatoris has really good game, you know, but I thought experience... Might be trumpet, but you know, just as you said, he's really good. Zalatoris is really well, good.
7: Yeah, and look at look at. Uh, I mean, he lost today in the round of sixteen, but uh, to uh, Numa Kanaya. I mean, it was his first time playing in in the match play, and he makes it to the round of sixteen. So there's something about. You know, you would think. I mean, I agree with you. You would think guys that, that don't have a lot of experience in this in this event might be at a disadvantage, but it there's there is there's something about just getting out there and, and getting back to match play and, and the head to head style. Some some players just embrace that and, and are better than others. And uh, you know, again, I think we're seeing some of that with, with the names that are that are in the quarterfinals for this afternoon. I mean, Brooks Koepka and Dustin Johnson are are both. Ryder Cup and Presidents Cup veterans, and and you know it's it's just that's kind of the the cream kind of rising to the top. Kevin Kisner we already mentioned, but yeah, there there are some there are some you know big name guys that always do well in this event.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, Takumi Kanaya. It's great to see um, a rising Japanese golfer come into you know the PGA Tour. We haven't heard a lot, but he's a, a dominant on the Japanese tour. Have, have you he seen is. him play
7: yeah he's he's uh again this is the this is what's great about the world golf championships is it gives us an opportunity to see some players that we we normally wouldn't and you know takumi was the world ranked number one player they you know they do the world golf number rankings, and he was number one for 55 weeks wow. i mean that's a, that's a pretty decent stretch as, as the number one player and He's, uh, you know, he's won as a professional on the Japan Golf Tour when he was still an amateur. So he's one of those players that, again, we talk about like a Will Torres. You probably, if, if you were from, you know, a lot of golf golfers, maybe on the mainland and even in even in Hawaii, you know, maybe they've heard Takumi Kanaya before then, but a lot probably did not. But if you were from, from over in, in Asia, you know, this is probably somebody who's been on your radar for a little bit. He's only 23 years old. And he, again, has a lot of game. If you can win on um, Japan Golf Tour, which is, I mean, essentially like winning on the PGA Tour over here and you win as an amateur. I mean, that's, that's I mean, there are very few guys that have ever done that. And One of them, Phil Mickelson, I, you know, they, he gone on to have pretty decent careers. So <laughs> I think that kind of bodes well for his chances to, to have a, a long
1: professional career. Yes, you bring up Phil Mickelson right before the Masters. The decision mm-hmm. that he made to not play. How did that sit with you?
7: You know, Danielle, I, I I struggle with this because, you know, at the end of the day, these golfers are private contractors. You know, they play on the PGA tour, and the PGA tour has uh, a group of individuals that are—I mean, their only job is to put on golf tournaments, get sponsors, and and set up these big purses so that the professional golfers can go play in these tournaments. I mean, the, the pro golfers—that's that's what they do, and so they can play wherever they want around the world. Now, a lot that's been going on with, with you know, the Saudi Golf Federation and, and live golf, and you know, there's just there's a lot of opportunities that are starting to starting to bubble to the surface a little bit, and maybe golfers have other opportunities to play beyond the PGA Tour and the European Tour. Um, but you know, still have still have the right to go play over there. I, I think there were there were a lot from you know, from an, an ethical standpoint, things that have gone on over there um, in Saudi Arabia. Yes. You know, it didn't sit well with a lot of people, and, and I get that. And the way that Phil went about it, the way that he openly admitted that he was really trying to do this to kind of stick it to the PGA Tour, yes. you know, that I didn't agree with that. And, you know, some people will, will say that what he told Alan Shipnuck should have been off the record and Alan shouldn't have um, reported it. But, you know, there's, there's really, I mean, unless Phil says it, I mean, Alan's not obligated to, to keep it to himself. So it's just, it's a really weird situation all around. Um, I do feel bad for Phil because he it's it's like this really, this really, you know, for a sterling career, I mean, everybody loved Phil. Um, he had a very strong following. It, it feels like this really kind of tarnishes um, an unbelievable professional golf and amateur golf career. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's tough, but I mean, <laughs> We've seen it. I mean, Callaway hit pause on the relationship. A bunch of his sponsors have already run for the Hills and and you know, now it sounds like based on reports that Augusta National is telling Phil, look, we don't want you to show up because it's gonna be a circus and we don't want your circus. So um, I'll be curious to see when he does show up again and, and I would imagine that there's gonna be an apology attached
1: to that return to professional golf. This will be interesting. This will be. Oh, so, this is Jonathan Wall, managing editor, equipment, golf magazine, golf.com. He has a column in golf magazine, golf.com, uh, Wall to Wall. It's such a great name. Um, and this is something that I think everybody, one of your articles, RoboTest. Does speed or better impact lead to more distance? This is great. I think everybody wants to know the answer to this. Is there a definitive answer?
7: Yeah, so this is this has been a fun project for for myself and, and Gene Parenti. Gene, um, I, I've, I've known Gene for a little while now, but this is our, really our first opportunity to work together where Gene runs Gulf Laboratories. He's the founder of Gulf Laboratories. And Gene essentially designed the robot that tests all of the golf clubs that all the major manufacturers use. So when they're designing golf clubs, they use Gene's robot to hit to hit the ball. and then they can record the data and see, you know, okay, are, are the technological changes that we're making to these clubs when we hit it on the robot at certain speeds and off the toe and off the heel and do all these miss hits, not just hitting it out of the center of the face, what are we seeing? So not only do the major manufacturers, with the exception of ping, um, use his robot, but the USGA and the RNA, so golf's governing bodies, also use Gene's robot. So um, aligning ourselves with Gene was something that I, I found to be very valuable because I, I understand the importance of, of doing player testing, and we do that for our yearly club test, but I also see value in doing robot testing because it, it strips away a lot of the biases that golfers have. And it allows the robot to just tell you what it does when you miss the ball and when you hit it out the middle. So one of the tests that we started doing was one that I think a lot of golfers are curious about is, you know, how do I gain consistent distance? Not just not just distance where where I'm, you know, occasionally getting 10 yards, but but do I need to swing faster? Is it better to be, you know, more consistent? Meaning, should I be a Fred Funk or should I, should I be a Bryson DeChambeau? Right. And – you know, what we did for this test is we set it up and we ran the, the robot at 95, 100, and 105 miles an hour. Then we hit balls out of the center and then we hit shots towards the heel and the toe, not just kind of vertical not just horizontally, but also vertically. So high toe, low toe, high heel, low heel. And we found that there's an 11 yard increase in distance on center hits from 95 to 100 yards, meaning. Um, If you're somebody like 95 is a pretty average swing speed for most amateur golfers. If you are hitting it out of the center pretty consistently, you're seeing you're seeing some pretty decent distance increases. Mm -hmm. And when we went to 100 to 105 miles an hour out of the center, we only saw a two yard increase in distance, meaning that if you're somebody who consistently hits it out of the center, there's really no point in swinging harder. It's, it's all about that consistent center face contact for those golfers. And, and I think that was kind of the biggest surprise for me is that even if you're going up, you know, up to 10 miles an hour, hour faster at 105, you're not really getting a large increase in distance out of the center of the golf club. So um, I think that's something golfers can learn from is, you know, we watch golfers like Bryson DeChambeau you know, pummel the golf ball. And, you know, the pros have even started, to, some of them have started to kind of consider the idea of getting faster and doing speed training. And um, it, it, it does make you wonder, like, how do, how do I get to be faster like some of these other guys out on tour? And at the end of the day, it's not really getting faster. It's just, be more consistent
1: yeah bottom line um especially since most of us don't have the time it takes to be in a in a weight room a training room i uh, doing all of the work that it takes to develop the physique that it takes to do what bryson dechambeau does i mean <laughs> i mean that, that would be nuts trying to do that um and have a job
7: yeah, exactly. And and you, you just nailed it, which is it takes time to do this. And a lot of golfers, we just we don't have time. We have lives, we have families, um, we have jobs, we have other things that take away from our time on the golf course. It's just, it's not something that's, that's really feasible for us to spend an inordinate amount of time in the gym, um, in an indoor hitting facility, working on ramping up our speed. You know, Bryson is a professional golfer. He has the opportunity to do that. But well, again, the, the findings here show if you're consistent out of the middle, keep doing what you're doing. Don't feel like you have to get faster. But also, if you do miss it, miss it on the upper third of the face, meaning a lot of golfers tend to miss the golf ball um, on the lower the lower half, so meaning like the low center, low heel, low toe. Try and tee the ball. We actually did a test, Danielle, where we found out that just simply peeing the ball higher and impacting it if you're a golfer that typically hits it out of the bottom third of the face, if you start learning how to impact the golf ball in the upper third, you're going to be able to gain 25 yards of distance just simply by moving the tee up and impact. You know, impacting the golf ball with an upward blow instead of a, you know instead of a negative angle of attack, which was mind blowing to us.
1: Interesting. So, you know, there's so much talk. USJ is concerned about the future of the game, RNA, working together with USGA, feeling much the same, that, you know, we can't keep going longer and longer. <laughs> I mean, just the water it takes to take care of a golf course, if that's, you know, in Europe, they don't worry so much about green. It's what it is when, you know, you play, you play as you see it. Um, but here, we demand a lot different conditions. But So they're, they're looking at you know, reigning in this distance of the elite players. And they were talking about the robot testing. They had to um, make it different so they could get a better idea of what is actually happening. Was it speeding up the robot? Do you know about this? Of course you do.
7: It, it is. It's it's speeding up the robot. Um, but the interesting thing is, is while they're speeding up the robot, they typically would test um, a lot of these, the, the Pro B1s and the Pro B1Xs and the TaylorMade PP5s and the Callaway Chrome Softs, the golf balls you see out on the, on the PGA Tour, they would test them at 120 miles an hour, and the cap at that, at that speed was 317 yards, meaning that if the golf ball was going beyond that number at 120 miles an hour, then the golf ball was considered to be nonconforming. Um, now, this is important because what the USGA is essentially suggesting doing is increasing the speed at which they test these golf balls, but not increasing the distance max out, which is very important because if you, if you keep the same maximum distance, meaning 317 yards, but you're now hitting the ball faster, you're impacting the ball, and it's going faster at 125 instead of 120, they're, they're, they're going to have a lot of golf balls, especially the premium balls that you see out on the professional tours. Those are going to all be non-conforming. And I think that's what a lot of recreational golfers maybe don't understand. There's, there's, you know, the new distance insight reports that, that the USGA came out with. And that's kind of like buried in the fine print, which is they are considering raising the speed for the ball testing, but they're not going to raise the cap on the maximum distance. It's still going to say at 317
1: there you go so it's actually testing a ball using real life conditions on the elite level but they don't want to hurt the recreational player so this would only apply to the elite players yeah, i don't i don't know
7: daniel i've i hearing some rumblings that
4: oh. that, this,
7: that this that 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 there is there is Talk that this could this could in- impact more than just the elite level amateurs. Um, I, I I will tell you, and again, I I don't want. Um, I'm I'm doing some some of my own reporting right now, so I'll uh, you know everybody listening just keep it keep it on golf.com. I'll have some reporting, but um, yeah, it's there's there's a possibility that this that this might uh, impact amateurs as well. I, I I don't necessarily. I know that there's talk about bifurcation. But I, I'm really curious to see how the USGA plays this one out because, um, from from some, some of the people that I've spoken to, maybe it's not so black and white with it just affecting the, <laughs> the golfers that we see on television and the guys that are playing in your USGA amateurs and the and um, those tournaments. Yeah, it's, you know, I, it, listen. This is this is a, this is a very nuanced and complicated issue. It's it is. That, and I think that's why the USGA really didn't come out with any sort of concrete decisions. They're still talking to the manufacturers. The manufacturers still have a lot of questions, and I just don't think we're there yet. I, I think that there's still a lot that has to be ironed out here because at the end of the day, this doesn't just affect golfers, but it also affects the companies that make the golf balls and the golf clubs, and they've got to wrap their you know they've got to wrap their minds around you know bifurcation or coming out with new golf balls for everybody, not just for the pros. Uh, you, there's there's a lot there, and, and I don't think anybody has uh, even half the answers yet.
1: No, a lot to consider and a lot of money at stake. Yes, <laughs> yes a lot. Yes, a lot. Yes, well, I'm looking forward to it. Will you please be on the show more often so we can talk about the reporting that you're talking about doing, that you're doing? Because I think this is for really sure. important for people who just, you know... <laughs> go out and hit balls as far as they possibly can. Not that far um, as they wish they could. And um, the equipment always helps, you know? And so (laughs) you think, thank you so much for being on the show.
7: Yep. Thank you again, y'all. It's all fun.
1: It's, it's wonderful. Aloha. Charlie Meacham, Emeritus Commissioner LPGA, chairman of many boards and currently serving on the board of Messer Construction. You know, This man is amazing. We're going to talk with him right after this. My name is Danielle Tucker. This is The Golf Club. The
0: Golf Club tip number 72. Don't throw your club over the fence. It slows down play. We'll be right back with Danielle Tucker in a few moments. Got a disaster in your business, high-rise, or home? Call MD Restoration, 24-7 Emergency and Disaster Restoration Service. We are totally, totally COVID compliant. Compliant. Floods. Dirty Dirty water cleanup. cleanup. Fire damage repair. Mold remediation. Smoke damage. Asbestos abatement. Carpet and upholstery cleaning. Call 528-3434. We're also a licensed general contractor. Insurance company experts. Need help now? MD Restoration takes the stress out of your disaster. Get MD cleaned now. Now. Call 528-3434.
1: K-O-R-L-Y-N-I Honolulu. And yes, we have another Pitch Fix Fusion 2.5 for the ninth caller. The ninth caller gets a Pitch Fix Fusion 2.5. These are the really cool, you know, it's like a little switchblade and then it, tucks up so you can put it in your pocket and just sits there nicely until the next time and you can make your superintendent of golf very happy and indeed the number to call is 808-545-1111 i'm colin morkel
4: 2020 pga champion in every golf journey, some goals can feel like an uphill climb, even intimidating, especially if you're on your own. But in the game of golf, helping hands are all around us. Whether you dream of a championship or you're just trying to make golf your thing, PGA coaches have industry-leading knowledge, guidance, and support to help you take the next step. Just like my PGA coach, Rick Sessinghouse has always done for me. Wherever your golf journey is headed, a PGA coach can get you there. Find your PGA coach at pga.com coach.
2: What does your company sell? Do you provide a service, fill a need, sell insurance or real estate for that must-have new car? Become a sponsor of Danielle Tucker's The Golf Club radio show. We reach a pure target audience of business owners. Let us help you. We have affordable rates and it's easy to do. Just email rick at radiogolfclub.com or call Rick at 808-220-1000. Reach the people like you who are too busy running their business. That's Rick at RadioGolfClub.com or call 808-220-1000. Yeah, yeah. A
0: mongoose stole my ball. What's the rule on that? Let's get back into the clubhouse with Danielle Tucker.
1: Charles Meacham, emeritus commissioner, LPGA, chairman of many boards and currently serving on the board of Messer Construction. Taff, Stettinius and Hollister is the law offices. I think he still has an office there, too. Graduate of Yale Law School. Um, personal business advisor to the late Arnold Palmer and to golf legend Jack Nicholas, as well as advisor to Julie Ingster, Annika Sorenstam, and Dottie Pepper, husband, father, and grandfather, and author, Who's That With Charlie? One of the books. Total Anecdotal, another book. And now, out this April, Arnie and Jack, stories of my long friendship with two remarkable men. Let's bring him into the clubhouse. Charles Meacham, good to meet you.
8: It's my pleasure, and you overdid it. I'm not nearly that good, but it's nice <laughs> to hear.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think I underplayed it all, frankly. <laughs> um, my
8: pleasure, Danielle.
1: Um, so, this your book is about the life and times with Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus um, and behind the scenes and why these two men excelled at both work and play. If you've ever met Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus, these are really special guys. And to be able to be on the inside, your book, um, I just want to read it now.
8: <laughs> well, it, it was a blessing to me to have the opportunity uh, in Jack's case, over 50 years, and in Artie's case, over 20, to really uh, get you know down deep and personal with them on a number of occasions. And so a lot of my friends were urging me to, to write a book because they said, Charlie, you may be one of the few people that really knew each of these guys and communicated with them over a long period of time uh, intimately. And so I decided, okay, I'll give that a try. And uh, I really had a lot of fun writing it and I hope uh, I hope people will enjoy reading it
1: oh, I'm sure I'm sure we will now the difference between the style Arnold Palmer and the style of Jack Nicholas in business is there something that stands out between the two or are they very similar
8: uh, Very similar in terms of uh, their real ability to understand business and to uh, embrace some of the concepts that many athletes, many people, for that matter, don't really understand. Uh, but there's the, the main difference is that Arnie's business affairs were managed from the beginning by uh, Mark McCormick and IMG. And uh, Jack, I think, spent a little time with IMG, but basically he's uh, pretty much handled his own matters.
1: Hmm. Yeah, Interesting. I mean, that's yep. that's a big <laughs> undertaking when you're at the stature. I mean, what are the demands? I can only imagine people are constantly trying to get something, organize something. I, they must have all kinds of people.
8: Yeah. And, and I don't want to mislead you or the listeners. Uh, Jack always had a, a business guy with him. Uh, but uh, n- not not in the same sense that Arnie had IMG.
1: Yeah, I understand. Now, oh, Arnie, okay, Tiger Woods, uh, the two of them seem to have a really wonderful relationship. Um, was it ever revealed to you what the two of them talked about during the trophy ceremonies that made them <laughs> laugh so much?
8: No, I, I don't know specifically, <laughs> um, but Arnie, you know, Arnie loved to laugh, and I'm sure that that he said something or Tiger said something, it just broke him up. And <laughs> I've got a lot of photographs, including one with me in in the book, uh, have his arm around me laughing real hard and we could never figure out who said what it was so funny. So I can't help you there.
1: No, it's just it's <laughs> wonderful because I know exactly what you're talking about. Some people interaction just makes for yeah. Hilarity. If you, if you know, it's just a lot of fun and it sparks and it continues. And it's a, it's just an energizer. It's a wonderful feeling. Well, it,
8: it, it, Arnie loved I to laugh. And I'll, I'll I'll jump a little bit ahead. Maybe a, uh, one story that I love to tell. It's in the book. Um, Arnie built a restaurant out in La Quinta, where I now live in California. And uh, uh, he loved it. It was a great restaurant. Still is. And uh, one day I got a call from Jack and he said, Charlie, I'm in town. Can we have dinner? And I said, sure. Uh, he said, where should we go? And I said, well, let's go to Arnold Palmer's if you can handle a bad meal. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, I'd love to do that. So I called Arnie because he didn't know Jack was in town. <laughs> so the, the two of them arrived separately, but, but within five minutes of one another. And we all had a drink. And then Arnie said to Jack, uh, I want to show you this place. So here you go. These two guys walk around the restaurant, and people were spilling their, their, their water, <laughs> dropping their napkins, dropping silverware. <laughs> they couldn't believe here are these two guys walking together through the restaurant, and, uh, both of them were laughing very hard at that. I remember very well.
1: That's wonderful. <laughs> that is just wonderful. See, th- these are the kind of inside stories that you're going to yep. be hearing, reading rather. Are you going right. to do, is someone going to do an audio book?
8: Uh, I know I, I, I don't know. I've done audio books of my two earlier books and, uh, once I was done, I was glad, but it was—it's very hard work.
1: Yes, it is. Uh,
8: to do it takes a lot of time. Uh, we are having an ebook um, as well as the uh, published book, so there'll be a there'll be a book on Kindle, uh, and and I may I may end up doing an audio book, but it's too too soon to to promise.
1: Yes, I understand. Um, Charlie Meacham, his new book is Arnie and Jack, Stories of My Long Friendship with Two Remarkable Men. So, um, have you been to Hawaii? Did you come to Hawaii when the senior skins, for instance, at Hualalai and Ka'anapali was really flourishing?
8: Been to... uh... Hawaii, see, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 92, so I, I've been almost everywhere, <laughs> but I've been to Hawaii a lot and always loved it for, uh, for events like the one you mentioned and uh, a women's event uh, that we, we always had, two or three. Uh-huh. So uh, I, and I absolutely love, uh, I love all the islands, really, yeah. uh, and, and have been to all of them, including Lanai.
1: Yeah, you know, I was always a wonder. I would cover um, the senior skins at Hawaii or you know, or uh, Maui, you know. And when you fly into these airports and you're coasting along, you know, on the tarmac, and you see this row of private jets. Oh,
8: yes. <laughs> that's true. It's not it's it's a it's a not a very well kept secret. It's a, it's a beautiful place.
1: <laughs> it is. Yes, it's a beautiful place. So, um you know our current flock of contenders. Um yeah. you know right now um I think uh, Scotty Scheffler. uh no that's not the one I was looking at. We were tied all the way through um I'm going to have to look our current yeah. group of, of uh, young, uh, young, yeah, yeah. you know, the Bryson's, the Will Salatoris, and, right. and all these kids. What is, what is your take? What, what condition are we in?
8: I'm sorry. Ask that again.
1: I'm sorry. Wh- what kind of shape are we in with these youngsters?
8: Oh, well, I, th- I think it's very, very exciting. And it's, it's fun for me because I've watched this now three or four different times as I've grown older, watching the new breed come in. And you, you begin to have a feeling um, when it's happening. And, and then the next thing you know, you look around and you say, uh, well, I'll tell you a true story. I don't know if this is in the book or not, but um, every morning when Arnie was living out here in La Quinta, uh, for four through four months a year, I would get some Starbucks every morning and bring a newspaper, and we would sit there and look over the the uh, uh, sports page and, and look at the uh, scores and so on. And one, one morning, this is probably seven or eight years ago, uh, I, I said, I was looking over Arnie's shoulder, and I said, Arnie, I don't know any of these guys. <laughs> and he looked at me and laughed, and he said, Neither do I. <laughs> and so. It's and it's even more true today, but it's it's so exciting. Um, I, the, the young Chilean boy I've watched several times, and um, and then of course the the young man who just uh, uh, who Cameron Smith yes uh, it just well, these are, these guys can really really play. And Arnie and Jack would both be uh, wonderfully excited to see that because uh, you know bottom line uh, the the. The thing about both Arnie and Jackie, they loved the game, and they loved to see it played well, and to see these young guys play it well. And by the way, I can't, I can't ignore the LPGA. Same thing's happening there. Yes. Um, the, the new breed is coming on, and I think it's very exciting, and I know that both Arnie and Jack would feel the same way.
1: Did uh, Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer's family maybe get a preview copy of your book?
8: Well, Jack has read the whole thing, and I sent um, I sent a um, uh, a galley proof, if you will, to uh, uh, Amy Saunders, his daughter, one of his daughters. Mm-hmm. So they've they've had a look at it.
1: Yeah. Any feedback?
8: Uh, Did they like it? Happily, thank God, <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> And so yes. they, they said they liked it, and I said, thank God, and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, for example, uh, I think that um, Jack uh, enjoyed it for many reasons. But in Arnie's case, his daughter was particularly taken with the time I spent uh, on um, their respective wives and how important I thought Winnie Palmer and Barbara Nicholas were to these guys becoming and remaining friends um, after some very ugly early days when Jack was challenging the king. Yes. So I think one of the reasons Amy liked the book so much is that she uh, liked the fact that I spent a lot of time saying how important the
1: women were. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. So we're going to get their business as well as the family. It's all tied in. Yeah. Yep.
8: They uh, well. They both Arnie, sorry, Winnie and uh, Barbara uh, loved and admired and respected one another. And I, I say in the book that I think if that relationship between Jack and Arnie had gone sour, it started to go sour back in the early days when it was pretty ugly. Uh, the ladies would have stepped in, and maybe they did. I don't know. It, they certainly would have stepped in and say, "Hey, guys, cut it out. Um, act like gentlemen and be friends." I don't know that it ever happened, but it, 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 if it ever came to that, I'm sure it would have happened.
1: Yeah, um, it's really wonderful. I'm just pulled up the leaderboard on the LPGA. Um, Nana Kurtz Madsen, of course she just won um, for the first time, and here she is again right. at the top of the leaderboard, Lydia right. Ko, Hee Jin Choi, um, Na Rin An, it's so, it's, you know, learning all the new names, we have, we have to, <laughs> like, really, we have to, ha- we're like, um, getting this international culture, and it's, it's beautiful, it's a wonderful thing, would you have expected that as you were the commissioner?
8: Actually, I made a, 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 a gave a press conference one day, and I said, a lot of talk about a world tour. We are already a world tour. The LPGA began attracting a lot of, of uh, players from other countries early on, um, and it, it, it's expanded in that regard. But way back, yeah. uh, uh, the, the LPGA was sort of the showcase, I thought, for foreign players.
1: Yes, it is. Absolutely. And now the uh, ties that have been made between the L.E.T., uh, the Epson right. tour, all of these working together just makes so much sense. It,
8: it does. And I think it will only expand. Uh, they, both tours, well, all the, all the women's tours have, have nothing to lose and everything to gain by expanding their work together.
1: It's wonderful. Um, Charles Meacham, emeritus commissioner, LPGA, chairman of many boards. Um, Now he's serving on one. And, you know, his books are Who's That with Charlie? Total Anecdotal and Arnie and Jack, stories of my long friendship with two remarkable men. Um, In the final couple of minutes that we have, tell me, what is 92? I'm not giving it away. You said so earlier in the conversation. Right. So what are you doing to stay so active and so vital? And so all of the things, your memory is right there. Everything's working. What are you taking?
8: Writing books has been uh, a (laughs) real uh, uh, joy for me. And uh, that requires you to be uh, uh, mentally and physically alert. I also stay in touch with young people. Um, I genuinely believe that one of the reasons somebody gets old is that they they either don't talk to anybody or they only talk to old people. I have a lot of young friends, some still from the, from my days in golf, um, and, and I believe strongly in that. Physical exercise, of course, is, is good, but I must give you a line that I've come to use because at my age, people almost always, when, when you get together, say, well, how are you? And my answer is Physically, I'm fine. Mentally, you perhaps should talk to someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is so good. As far as I know, I'm okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, from our conversation, I can tell you you're more than okay. You're fabulous. Thank, thank you, thank you very thank much you. for being on the show, um, Charlie. If, if
8: you, you 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 do a good show, and I really was pleased to be on it. And wish you nothing but the best.
1: Mm, yeah, same for you. Thank you so okay. much, Aloha. Take care. Right.
8: Bye bye.
1: Okay, uh, we've got uh, to thank the people who make this show possible because without them, we wouldn't be on the air. Um, the Aloha Power Equipment's Mega Store. Yes, Aloha Power Equipment's new megastore. It's right next door to Costco Gas Station on Alakava in Yvilae. You'll find all the Aloha Power Equipment you can count on. The riding mowers, the robotic mowers, the chainsaws, the weed whackers, the generators, and a whole lot more. You know, equipment that I won't even recognize. Walls and walls, Each different company has its own section, so you just look up the sign and whoop, you go right to the place you want to go. It's so cool. Aloha Power Equipment in waipahu They're open, of course, and their megastore on Alakava next door to the gas station, the Costco gas station. You know where that is. Everybody does now with gas prices. We put power at your fingertips. Aloha Power Equipment. M.D. Restoration, M.D. Restoration. Flood or fire disasters, you need help from M.D. Restoration. At any time of the day or night, just call the number if disaster strikes, your home, your office, call M.D. Restoration. You see, they're licensed contractors. So they'll do your cleanup, then they'll do the repair. And their number is 528-3434. We are very honored, absolutely honored to have the support and the Aloha uh, from the Aloha section PGA. The best way to get good at this game is to learn from a PGA, a PGA, a member of the PGA of America. It takes a lot of time and love of the game and the people to become a PGA because they love the game. They love teaching. And you'll be in good hands, and it really makes a big difference in our life. All right, in our game, I should say. Now, I've got tea times for you. I think I have just put the sheet away, but um, I want to thank you. We did not get a winner, so I can't congratulate our winner, but we'll have a pitch fix divot repair tool for you again. That's pitch fix, the divot repair tool. We'll have that um, next week. And let's see what our time is like. We're just about out. But um, thank you for your mana. May you hit the sweet spot every time. And you can always find the show at radiogolfclub.com slash listen. And you can hear the podcast there or you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Danielle Tucker. And may you hit the sweet spot every time. Aloha.
0: You've been listening to the award-winning Golf Club Radio Show with Danielle Tucker on the Golf Club Network statewide. Tune in next week and we'll tee it up together only on the Golf Club.
1: Copyright 2022.